Welcome to a Words, Beats, and Life podcast. This episode features the Beautifully Uncomfortable Discussion Series. Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to Beautifully Uncomfortable, which is, this is our second episode. Uh, this series seeks to address and bring awareness to trying and uncomfortable topics with the aim of trying to create more safer spaces in hip hop. And we have some guests joining us this evening, some another esteemed panel of guests. Um, I'd like to introduce our first uh, couple of guests that we have with us this evening. Uh, or we have three guests uh, joining us right now, Mana, Vice and Tyrone Norris, aka Mental Stamina. So, Mana, why don't you introduce yourself first and tell our viewers who you are? Hello, everybody. I am Mana. I am a bilingual rapper. I rap in English and Farsi. Uh, born and raised in Maryland area, but I recently moved to the Utah area. And since then, I've uh, founded Hip Hop Organics. Pop Organics, where we uh, do live streams every Friday. Before the pandemic, we were throwing live shows, and hopefully, once everyone gets vaccinated, we can throw shows again. And yeah, I'm just a hip hop curator, all that good stuff. <laughs> yes, I'm going to add to that because Mana, you also have the, the double asset of being a, a tech innovator. Now, I wonder yeah. if you might share a little bit about that too. Yes, I'm a software engineer. Uh, currently, I work at West Western Governors University. Um, but yeah, I'm a programmer and I like to help with, you know, a lot of nonprofits. There's Girls Who Code that I've helped teach uh, other women how to code. I tell people, I'm like, look, if you know, if you can keep up with like your friend's dating life, you can you can code, you can program, I swear. <laughs> so, yeah, if women in tech, enough for, for anyone to do it, huh? Yeah, anyone can do it. I, you know, I, I personally was uh, at first. I didn't think it was something that was possible. Shout out to Mental Stamina um, for helping me realize that it was possible. Um, and yeah, anyone can do it. It's definitely not as complicated as people think. And there are so many different fields within it. People think it's like one thing. It's like no, there are so many different roles that you can play in that world. Uh, that I encourage everyone to at least give it a try. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I hope that people will take you up on that effort to try and, and join uh, your, your classes and, and get tutored by on how to code. Make that a yeah. thing. Um, Vice, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, and, and I'm, your- I'm Vice. Thank you for, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Thanks for words, peace, and life, and Flex for inviting me to this panel. And- these esteemed hip hop scholars and software engineers and all that entrepreneurs, all that. Music. Um, I've been in DC hip hop scene since 1990, 91. Um, I'm kind of, uh, <clears throat> I've been in and out. I've been an educator in the DC area for 21 years, uh, 13 years in Prince George's County Public Schools, and um, now I'm the new chair of the history department at uh, Georgetown Day School in um, Tenley Town in Washington, D.C. Um, so I performed all throughout the city and State of the Union, U Street Corridor, all that stuff. Um, so I'm just happy to be here and um, lend my insight where I can. A cornerstone, cornerstone institutions in this community, for sure. <laughs> 
Yes. Thank you so much for bringing your expertise and sharing that with us tonight. Um, I'm going to toss this to Mental Stamina, um, also another architect on the scene here. I think you may be uh, muted. Sorry. There you go. Sorry, my uh, computer froze for a second, so I completely missed everything for like 10 seconds. But um, yeah, I go by mental stamina. Um, some people know me as Tyrone Norris. Some people know me as Isaac Smash Em All. Others, Johnny Appleseed, King Midas, Prometheus. You know, it just depends on from where you know from me. Um, but yeah, I'm a rapper. I'm a software engineer. Uh, right now, I'm currently focused on uh, starting a, a, a ecosystem of cryptocurrencies. Um, I've managed over 50 artists, you know, I've rocked hundreds of stages, put thousands of artists on my stages. Um, yeah, I'm just a, a link in the chain, you know, behind the scene, you know, so it's really cool to Yes, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned too, um, I feel like there's such an emphasis on uh, black financial tech right now and black uh, and brown people basically getting introduced to the concepts of finance and, and learning now with NFTs being now sort of introduced newly in hip hop, but obviously with uh, blockchain, um, how is, can you tell us a little bit about, I know you shared a little bit, an overview on it, but can you share um, some of the other programs? I know you have some educational programs that are seeking to sort of educate us on, on all of those things. I mean, I'm always each one teach one. So as far as education, you know, um, I'm always uh, offering to just, you know, put people on. But at the end of the day, Google and YouTube are the ultimate teachers. So I just try to uh, help people to understand that if they want to learn how to build an app, all they got to do is go to Google and go to YouTube and go, how do I build an app? And it's all there and just follow that, that path. So, you know, I'm, I'm big on trying to put, uh, you know, uh, people of color or women into the, the field of coding or and cryptocurrency, because at the end of the day, a lot of people don't really understand that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is nothing but code. You can just click a button and it's code. So all of that, that's why I'm very bullish on, on all of that, just because um, I'm huge on code, you know, so I definitely want to be in the conversation of the whole black financial tech uh, situation. I plan to uh, put the blockchain in a headlock. Uh, yeah, low key. <laughs> just to be, I, I, I want to be the center of hip hop when it comes to the blockchain. So give me three years. Well, actually three months. Three, that, I'm, I'm going to give that to you because I know it's going to happen because I know when you put your mind to something, greatness comes. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so this conversation, we're, we're talking about marginalized voices, um, especially when it comes to hip hop and marginalized communities and wondered if you all could sort of start, Imana, I'll start with you. I'll go in a, a little bit of round robin, but talk to me about what um, safe space, safe spaces look like in hip hop culture from your perspective as, you, as, you, as you've experienced it. And I think maybe before I start, I will, last time we gave a definition of what a safe space was, and this is um, according to Marriott Webster, a place or environment in which a person or category of people can feel confident that they will not be exposed to discrimination, criticism, harassment, or any other emotional or physical harm. So do you one, do you feel that it's a place that hip hop has hip hop been a vehicle for that? And do you what do those safe spaces look for look like for you? Hip hop is definitely uh, a lot of that for me because uh, hip hop in general has taught me how to use my voice. Um, and 
you know, in, in terms of like physical locations, uh, I'm going to shout out Musai House back in the day. Uh, that was like one of my favorite places. I used to be like, this is my meditation. I would go there and freestyle and I felt safe and, mm-hmm. you know, people that pass the mic and... But at the same, you know, I don't know. A part of me is like, okay, a part of me is like, you know, I got comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like, you know, I would be nervous, but uh, we were talking earlier about the, when you're in ciphers and there's a lot of guys and, and, and learning to be like, you know what? No, like I, I want I need to grab the mic you, it's like, mm-hmm. and, and, and asking for it and pushing for myself, like fighting standing up for myself and that's what hip-hop taught me to do because whether it's in hip-hop or in tech or in life a lot of times women don't stick, stick stand up for themselves or their voices aren't heard and uh, making sure that I push myself to get my voice heard and understanding that if I don't <laughs> then I won't get my voice heard yeah. um, and uh, you know I feel like there are in every city there are hip-hop exists and finding people who are passionate about it and coming together that's really my safe space of like okay are you passionate about this all right then let's cipher let's freestyle we all got to sharpen our swords and make sure our you know our lyrics are on point so by being able to have other people around me that feel the same way that's that's my safe space and it could be outside in the parking lot or (laughs) you know it can be anywhere um but just being around other passionate folks who are willing to be vulnerable because you know when you freestyle you mess up you might Mm -hmm. say something silly (laughs) um but just being okay with that i mean like it's okay i'm not gonna this is not gonna be my best 16 but i'm gonna do it anyways and Mm -hmm. um putting myself out there so yeah safe space is kind of uh, a theory more than a place it's like being around those uh, the right people who aren't gonna criticize you or you know mm-hmm. put you down for trying and um, yeah that's pretty much my safe space so it's like where wherever there are rappers or passionate folks who are willing to participate yeah I'll, I'll, I'll come back and ask you on a side question later about sort of the geographic context of that versus, you know, being here in this area versus um, in Utah and what that looks like from your perspective now is sort of now on the on the side of leadership in that space um, and what you're, you know, how you are now curating those spaces. But let me go to Vice and um, ask you, since you've been, you mentioned so many of these sort of cultural cornerstones here um, especially in our area that we're oftentimes an, an incubator for so much of our local base and now global artists, right? So I share with me what safe spaces and hip hop look like for you. Uh, this is a super complex question. Um, so <clears throat> hip hop was the ultimate safe space for, for global urban youth. That's what it, it started off as. And you can look at the catalog of songs that talk about the, uh, the, um, the outdoor parties plugging up into the lamppost and it was the ultimate safe space for for urban youth and when when I come came of age um, I came of age in the with the I guess the what they call the crack epidemic that hit all major cities DC being uh, one of them um, and in that in that cultural milieu uh, you had 
go-go music was had the city on fire at, at the particular at that particular time and i was from prince george's county right outside the city but something about hip-hop caught me caught my soul caught my spirit and so um it was where can a quirky dude that's not really into go-go but like like the music where can i find a space to express my artistic self and so that space ended up becoming uh, U Street. That space ended up becoming, um, uh, to name something, the State of the Union. So to be able to walk into a spot and people automatically get you, to, eat, to be able to walk in and spit some of the types of rhymes that I like to spit and people grabbing you and saying, yo, that was fresh, blah, 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 blah. That was like, uh, that was self-affirming. It was like something because I, I don't know where all the other panelists grew up. Gogo had a, such a hold on the city. Um, and if you weren't kind of like into the Gogo scene, then you kind of, especially in, in high school, traditional comprehensive high school, um, you kind of was like an outsider kind of. So finding, um, finding my tribe of people who were into a, the particular style of hip hop that I was into, um, that was, that was like a breath of fresh air. So that's just one slice of it. That's just one slice of me uh, thinking about hip hop as a safe space. It allowed me to, and to sum up, so I don't take up too much air. It allowed me, it affirmed my artistic aesthetic. Um, those spaces in DC, State of the Union, um, Bohemian Caverns, uh, and I'm, I'm missing a couple of spots. But yeah, that, that's what hip hop meant for me coming up. Thank you so much for sharing that. That that was, thank you for giving sort of a, taking this conversation into an even uh, more evolved place now about sort of all of the context around what safe even means and, and generally. Um, so not just as it relates here. So thank you for sharing that historic background for us too. And mental stamina, I want to pass it to you too. I feel like we are calling you that now. Like I should be, <laughs> I'm used to calling you Tyrone, but um so you'll have to tell me what you want me to call you in the during this uh, podcast. But uh, hopefully um, share a little bit because you also have a lot. I mean, as a manager, being tutoring artists through this, mentoring artists through this, curating a lot of events in this area and how you sort of always I felt like we've always been trying to focus on um, equity and equality. So tell us a little bit from your perspective what that what safe spaces look like for you. Uh. Well, as far as uh, mental stamina, that's, you know, I've been mental stamina since I've been, since 1998, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So uh, as far as people call me, Tyrone Norris is people who kind of approaching it on the, I'm trying to do business with you type situ mm -hmm. situation. So that's a more formal situation. Um, so it just depends on how you're trying to approach me, whether you're calling me stamina or Tyrone. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and as far as safe spaces, um, I, I'm more so connected with my man V was just saying, because, you know, for me, like, you know, I came up where with, with hip hop. It wasn't like when I was in high school, we, we wasn't rapping like I, you know, I, I found rap on the Internet, you know, um, because, you know, it was go go. It wasn't like it was, everybody was in a band. It wasn't like it wasn't no rapping spaces for me. I didn't really encounter that until the 2000s. Um, and so even though when I did encounter that, you know, like I didn't come 
like, oh, this is safe space for me. Like I walked in the ciphers like, all right, like who's swinging first? I'm not, you know what I mean? I was always on guard and I approached it like that probably. That's probably why my reception was probably even different. But like, I didn't know this was like the kumbaya thing. And even if it was, like I was never received like that. It was never like I walked up and everybody was like, oh, you my homie, you my homie. It was always like, you know, what the fuck is this nigga saying? And I was always on my own type shit. So I never got the, the safe spaces. I never expected the safe spaces. The only time I, I encountered safe spaces is when I started curating my own events and I created safe spaces. Once I became a curator and I was doing things for other people, then it was like, I'll create a safe space. But as far as on an artistic level, I didn't even need a safe space just because, uh, you know, I like going in the ciphers where one, I ain't know anybody, where two, it was like I was perceived as a threat or it, it felt threatening because when that adrenaline's pumping, you rapping differently, you know, like I'm still go to ciphers where I be at the ciphers and half the motherfuckers at the ciphers might throw something, but you know, my swing. So it's like, yeah, like I love that type of energy in the cypher. So for me, I don't need a safe space in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like hip hop is like that, that space where I'm like, I'm safe walking down the street. Like I don't need to be safe in hip hop. Hip hop is when I'm letting the, the, the fucking gorillas out of this shit. You know what I'm saying? That's when I'm beating on my chest when I can really be at, you know, so it's just, nah, it's no, like, and when I, when I, when I walk into a space when it's not safe, I try to maybe make it safe. But when I walk into a space when it is safe, I probably try to make it unsafe or more unstable. You know what I'm saying? But that's just the balance of it all. So um, it's just about for what people need. I feel like, you know, when you're dealing with children in hip hop, you're dealing with women in hip hop, you, you need safe spaces. When you're dealing with fucking, you know, uh, gorillas trying to see who's, who's the king of the mountain out here, you don't really, it's no room for safe spaces, ain't it? Because the reality of it, there ain't no safe, there ain't no safe spaces. Right. Well, th everything you said, I completely, I've experienced myself personally. I feel like that is definitely, even from the go-go the background, I, uh, my uncle played with Chuck Brown for 25, 30 years. So go-go was just the accepted, you know, genetic Thing that you inherited and I feel like hip-hop was never safe because of that because I mean you would be beat up or you would get jumped if you did not listen to go-go you chose hip-hop especially something that was considered to be a New York art form even if you didn't listen to New York people if you listen to Scarface nowhere near hip uh, New York but there was still that so I'm, I'm glad you brought in even the, the local context to this conversation as well. That you said it right with Scarface in the nineties. It wasn't we, we ain't had it wasn't Biggie and Tupac for real. It was mm -hmm. Scarface and Master P for real. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For real, yeah. But not nah, sorry, tangent, but <laughs> no, no, what I'm I'm glad you said that because I wanna I wanna talk thinking about those two artists and the fact that I feel like those artists brought something to sort of this regional right perspective of of hip hop. I mean, every every artist every artist sort of highlighted region. Hip hop has always been very regional, but there is a sense of like taking it from what is considered to be the origin place of origin, and then bringing it to these other spaces. And both of those um, those artists developed a, a whole pipeline of artists behind them, many of which were um, you know they had a lot of equitable sort of talent in, the, in their roster. So I wanted to sort of talk about that too, in, in terms of how you see sort of the gender balance in hip hop um, from a regional perspective, from you know a local perspective, but also um, nationally and globally. 
Mona, let's start again with you. Let me see if I can hear your mic up a little bit. I can still, can I still hear you? <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> My headphones are like, why are you critical? Anyways, um, it, I, I live in Utah right now and I've been living there the past four years. And uh, of course, I went out there for a clothing boot camp. Um, but as I am, anywhere I go, I'm like, where's the hip hop? I got to find the hip hop scene. And <laughs> um, surely I, I did find it. And I found out very quickly that there are not that many females in hip hop, shocker, in that area. But as I've been there over now it's been four years i've definitely found many talented artists out there shout out to phoenix the child and uh there's just so many there are talented female artists that really aren't getting picked up like that or you know a lot of them are shy or don't have a safe space and uh there are so many dope female um artists out there I, you know i'm not really sure what the question was <laughs> Sorry, um, you're, you're you're headed in the right direction, actually. So just speaking <laughs> from you just you're in pro with this. Um, just sort of talking about gender balance, and 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 I got a, a definition oh, yeah. of balance, but like, but I don't think you need that. But you know, just talking about like representation on both sides, on all sides of um, you know whether or not you think there's an equal or proper sort of amount or of of balance in in uh, the culture. Yeah, I mean, there definitely isn't. <laughs> There definitely isn't even a finding like when I started to throw shows in Salt Lake City, I didn't know that I was the first female to throw a show, throw a hip hop show in Salt Lake. And that it wasn't even like an intentional thing. I wasn't like, oh, like I, I want to be that first female. Like it wasn't even like that. It was just like, oh, you know what? I, you know, have experience throwing shows and of course I'm going to do it here. <laughs> now that I'm here, I'm going to do it here. So there definitely is an imbalance. But not only that, um, it is a lot harder for a lot of women to get involved because you have that aspect of sexuality and you know i'm sure every female rapper can give tell you many many stories about how they wanted to work with someone and instead of working with them it became about something else and you know that makes them not want to do it because they're like okay if i want to work with a producer then the intention might be something else or whatnot i mean i there is the both sides of that. I have been very blessed to know many men who have helped me, who have really stuck with the, you know, the, uh, the goal of getting music done and understood, saw my vision of being like, look, like we're here to make music and that's all we're, this is about and had that respect. So big shout out to, my point is that there are men who do respect the boundaries, but, I also understand that other side of a lot of men who don't under <laughs> respect the boundaries. Like mm -hmm. even I remember when I first started in the hip hop scene, uh, someone looked me dead in the eye and, and said, female rappers don't last, you know? And I was like, you know, I'm a female rapper, right? Like you're right. telling me that I'm not going to last. And I think that's kind of my stubborn way. I was like, I'm going to, I'll be that like 80 year old grandma rapping in a, you know, open mic. I don't care. Like I'm going to continue doing this just to show that female rappers do last. And 
I, I, I see it. Like, I see how, like, a lot of men, they will invest in one another. That's another thing. I feel like the capital being passed down to men is like a, it's a bigger tradition of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, let me put a thousand dollars behind you. Let me put five G's behind you. Like, it's nothing. But when it comes to female rappers and wanting to put money behind that, then it's like, oh, like, there's a lot more questions, a lot more you know stipulations to being invested in and it's like no dude i'm just trying to make make music like that's that's it i feel (laughs) like that's a you said a whole word there because it's sort of like it sounds like a microcosm of of what we see just globally the women's entrepreneurs are less invested in there's less capital access to capital all of those sorts of things so do you think that this that balance just considering sort of the last year that we've had in 20 uh 2020 2021 where there has definitely been sort of a growing contingent of of women um doja cat nikki to megan now cardi and all these other women um how do you feel sort of it seems to be sort of a narrow representation i'll say of women who rap rhapsody you've got so many but there there doesn't seem to be as much breadth do you feel that that is um how is that how do you feel about that well i mean i feel like it's definitely getting better it's definitely getting better um 100 but uh, as i was uh talking to my friend about this it's like the oppression of women is thousands of years you know it's it's a it's not a not even hundreds hundreds of years thousands of years so we are moving away this is like the beginning of of the upward trend and we're at that beginning which i think is beautiful and i'm so grateful to be alive in this time and age uh because you know what my grandma's had to go through was extremely different <laughs> than what i'm going through and um, so I, I do believe that it's getting better. I do believe that spaces are starting to kind of open up a little bit. But, you know, um, women are still sex cells. I, I have not, you know, people always are like, oh, you probably don't like Cardi B. I'm like, I love Cardi B. Like, play her music. I'll be jamming, you know. Yep. For, for me, it's not about uh, putting down another woman, right? It's about mm-hmm. cre- allowing someone who's not like that to exist. So uh, that's what I say. It's like, look, I'm I'm totally like I love uh, stripper girls. Like, yes, honey, get it. I'm right. totally cool with it. But if I don't want to do that, am I allowed to exist? And right. that's a question that I like to ask people. The diversity of voices. You don't have to suppress one to amplify another. I I love that idea. Um, I wish that more people would do that. Um, Vice, I'm going to ask, um, there was a question here specifically for you on why you think the fair distribution of of women in hip hop has been so lackluster. Um, Historically Uh, or, yeah. Um, I'm going to build on what uh, Mana just said. Like when we're talking about the exclusion, oppression of women, um, I'm going to build upon her comment because it's a great comment. Uh, we're talking about, at least in modern civilization, we're talking about 10 to 12,000 years uh, of oppression since uh, Homo sapiens sapiens have evolved or transitioned from the hunting and gathering lifestyle to the agricultural lifestyle, which put a more hierarchical uh, structure into society based upon the, um, the work of agriculture. In case you don't know, you that live in an agricultural society right now. Everything is built upon um, 
what farmers and how how much access you have to grain. So my point in saying that is, it's kind of, since hip hop is uh, one of the newer cultural forms, even though it's been around for 45 plus years. Um, in this current iteration, we didn't talk about a big history of hip hop in another comment, but um, when we're talking about um, something that has been around the oppression of women, I mean, has been around for tens of thousands of years. It's kind of, and I don't want to be controversial, but it's kind of unfair to ask hip hop, the the entity of hip hop, the people who comprise hip hop, to kind of to supersede what has been already programmed by what I'll call mother culture. Um, and I think that's where the balance, uh, the imbalance of women participating in, in, in hip-hop in any um, way that can be um, highlighted. Um, I think that's where that comes in. So essentially, uh, <clears throat> and then it gets even more complex because what, what are we talking about when we say uh, hip-hop? Are we talking about um, uh, women artists who get deals or women artists who get their records played or women artists who get... Um, uh, equitable treatment in ciphers as in the folk kind of music so I guess what are we talking about what are we talking about that and in all of those spaces and all the spaces that I've been in there has been a, a gender imbalance and I think we are seeing this renaissance now of women artists who represent different uh, genres within hip-hop whether it's the sex sales genre whether it's the lyrical genre, whether it's the eclectic genre. I mean, all you gotta do is go on Instagram and you can see all of these women who put their own flavor on hip hop. But um, yeah. we got, we, we, when we look at the long timeline of human cultural expression, um, it, it's slowly but surely making a turn, but I don't think we will see a proper balance in our lifetime. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I, I want to read a comment that a viewer submitted. Um, um, Panama Jack um, says, I think at its core, hip hop is accepting of all walks of life. Who wants to MC, paint, dance, DJ, whatever, as long as you're on point. The more sinister forces at play come from the stakeholders who aren't invested in the culture, i.e. fans who don't understand the history and culture, corporations, those motivated by money, etc. Um, Tyrone, I mean, with that in mind, I wonder if you would comment on this and then maybe maybe even think about sort of like from a perspective, again, as a curator, like where did how do you what what are your your methods to even ensure that there's balance? How do you do that? How do people reach out appropriately? Because sending out a message, right, saying all women here, right, like not that's not a, a good way to do that. Or is it? So how do you how do you approach that? Um um, can you ask the question, like fully the question, one more time so I know I'm answering the Yes, the sure. Um, one of the things uh, was asked of you is how do you sort of create balance of energy? And I'm asking from even an additional context around it, around like as you're curating events, um, what's your like, what's your methodology? What's a, the correct approach to actually create balance? What are the sort of mechanisms and and ways that you can connect with with women artists is it at the point of the the event itself like is it at the point your you know labels are actually talking to women is there a whole a, a long time plan for it what does that look like for you so me i've always been a a seeker of hip-hop so 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer that you're supposed to dig for your music. Like, it's not supposed to be just, here's what it is, da da da, da. So, uh, I've always, I've always listened to a lot of uh, women rappers. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, it's always been a, a thing of, there's not enough women in hip-hop. And I've always been like, no, there's, there's actually a lot. So, at no point for me has there not been a lot of women in hip-hop. Um, right now, there's a much more um, uh, condensed voice. So, it's a beautiful thing. But there's always been a lot of women in hip-hop. And then when we're talking about the imbalance, it's like, that's like asking, that's like asking about the imbalance in, in, in basketball and the genders. It's, it's just because that the, there, there was an NBA for males. There was never an NBA for the women. So the men had uh, more of an infrastructure or path that was built for them to win upon. And, you know, that was, again, built by the outside people who, you know, built the whole industry. Because for me, when I look at hip hop, when people are like, oh, this is a classic, this is a classic, this is a legend. My head is just like, no, most of hip hop has been just the distribution of plastic. It's just been, y'all been pushing, you know, a plastic company. And, and, and so it's like what we perceived as real has just been a really a fake thing of selling plastic. And so now that we're on the internet, we're actually going into a more real phase of hip hop, in my opinion. And so we're actually getting closer to where we're actually starting from the zero point. You know what I'm saying? And so like, we're actually about to start into the golden age of hip hop. We're not leaving the golden age of hip hop. And so for me, when it's like, as a curator of, of events, how do I approach it? Um, so, you know, I, I used to, back in the day, I would try to make sure every event had at least one woman on it and then after a certain point uh then i i even took it to a point where i was throwing i had a series called black madonna's and i was booking all local uh women who were rappers and then one show I, I booked 40 women on one show i did five of these and the most consistent thing i saw about that series it was the largest percentage of no shows that i would ever have booking on the show and so out of that uh, 40 women I would book on one show maybe 20 would show up and so to address Iman is saying that women don't last in hip hop I know that sounds offensive but women don't last in hip hop you know what I'm saying and it's just me being real if, you, if we actually looking at numbers and consistency and all of that and that's where the weight separation like women have families and do other stuff it is what it is but if we're, if we're looking at the real numbers like my favorite female rapper is Sarah. She got like a dozen albums out. It's, it's women who's all around. But all I have to say is I started off trying to address it where it's saying, hey, I'm going to try to specifically put women on every show. Now when I do a show, I honestly don't do that effort anymore because what I did find is that there's, there's, you can, you can feed fish and you can teach fish. Um, I went into this one conversation with all these women who were stand-up comics on Facebook, and they were just talking about how the stand-up comic industry doesn't allow them as women to get booked on shows. And I came into that thread, and I'm just like, yo, it's 200 women all in the same region talking about how y'all aren't getting opportunities. Yeah. Why can't one or two of y'all actually throw the show, book 50 of y'all, and y'all all come together collectively, sell it out, and boom, like that. So for me, I don't like to really get into this whole situation of, 
women are being oppressed in hip hop because hip hop is really about getting out the mud because black people are oppressed in hip hop and women are sexualized black people we gotta come in here and shoot everything up you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and so it's the same thing but it's like how do you play the game where are your advantages at how do you da 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 you don't have to I don't have to come in to be a gangster rapper a woman doesn't have to come in and talk about her vagina but at the same time the opportunities are there for women to come in and really it's like where's where's the where's the women that's putting together the Wu-Tang clans where's the where's the where's the Wu-Tang clans of women you know what I'm saying where you know what I'm saying the closest thing all of those types of things of saying that women aren't getting the opportunities I just I just challenge women to create those opportunities and to put your life on the line because the, the men out there are dying the boys out there, they dying, you know what I'm saying? And so it, it, when, when he say it's not fair about, it's just like, yo, that dude just literally lost his life and a couple more people about to lose. It's, it's serious. And so it's just how hard are you willing to go? That's how I look at hip hop. Yeah, I, I'm glad you, you, I mean, shared that, Tyrone. That was a really sort of visceral kind of remark around like what women are doing. But you, but you did say, and I think, at least from my perspective, I noticed that right excavating what is below the surface is important because there are a lot of women that have all of those things. There's women. I mean, I could name a million different groups that I know of that are very similar to that, but they just don't have the same amplification. Um, and so it becomes a thing of like what is amplified isn't always the thing that we, you know, do people want to see a woman Wu-Tang? Right. We think about the we mentioned the WNBA. Um, and the idea that, um, you know, that it would, might be difficult to, to pay women in the WNBA the same price as men in the NBA because just the televised rights are different. The endorsement deals look different. Um, networks are not willing to broadcast. Just WNBA games don't pull in as much um, revenue. So you got to understand that the, the NBA is created by men for men. And so mm -hmm. situations created by men for men are never going to be equal to women. And so it just has to be that scenario where it's like the same way with black people. We know we don't got no banks. It's like, yeah, we can sit around and wait for them to give us money. But at the same time, we know we got to go build our own black banks, build our own black Wall Street. And then, you know, they're going to come kill us when we do it. But we still got to do it. That's the same thing. That's how women got to approach hip hop. They really got to go out here and really get it out the mud and go harder than mm -hmm. any of these men. It's not, you gotta go as hard as the men. The women gotta go harder. Yeah. And it is, it is a, a desire for that out there. I'm, I'm gonna- I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, go you wanna move to the next question? That's fine. No, no, I, I wanted to read a few comments and then please do interject. I just was, um, okay. there was a comment about there was a lot of women rappers in the 90s and I, I've he I heard that a lot. Um, and then DJ One Love is commenting in Twitch saying, it depends on if, uh, I'm, I assume female artists want to be successful in mainstream media. Um, but Vicey, please go ahead and interject what you, your um, comments were. And, and I'll just circle back around to what I said previously. Like, this is a super complex question because just like uh, I believe you said, DJ One Love said, it depends on what you what you want to use hip hop for. Like, so, and not to get into the weeds too much, like somebody may just be, you know, a rapper or MC, a DJ, a painter, or into um, um, design for themselves for their own edification. But if we're talking about, um, if we're talking about industries if we're talking about um getting paid for artwork 
Now, I don't think we can get around the idea that that women have been oppressed because hip hop doesn't exist in a vacuum in civilization. Hip hop was created because of certain civilizational aspects that were happening at a particular time and space. Like hip hop was created at a particular time and space because certain things were happening. I don't wanna get too far off of what we're, we're talking about. So we can't excuse um, the treatment of women inside of hip hop because that's how, it's a microcosm of how women are treated in broader society. Like we got, uh, I don't need to get into the examples, but, um, and it is a testament, and I, I'm with my brother Mental, um, who's saying that they gotta work harder, but it is a testament to, I told my students this, I say, let's take it out of hip hop, let's take it out of emotional context. And let's just say, I tell my students this all the time, let's just say a young lady right now has a 4.0 GPA, and she wants to be a doctor, all right? Um, but she also wants to have a family. At some point, she's gonna have to make that choice. She's gonna have to make a choice on whether to stop and have her family or to continue on and to be a doctor in this particular country where our educational system, she's not a full doctor until she's 30 and that's just hitting every point, every mark correctly. 4.0s, med school, residency, 30 is when you are a, uh, a full-fledged doctor, all right? But we know, well, you know, you should know that biologically speaking, by the time women hit 30, that that proverbial biological clock is ticking. So let's just switch that to uh, a woman who wants to be a hip hop artist. So these systems that are in place do not put that particular aspect of womanhood on, on display. So women have to make decisions. Do they go on the 50 city tour or do they stop and have a family? And if you stop and have a family, then you you lose your 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 clout or your traction because you got a new hit song and all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't think we can excuse hip hop for not creating those systems. And I'm with mental like I think it's men and women who have to create systems to ensure that women have equity and access if they want to be if they want to get remunerated for their art form in any yeah. way they want to let's let's consider this one this one state this one like perspective maybe what <laughs> if being oppressed in society is beneficial in hip-hop okay let's say i'm telling a story so because I'm being oppressed, let's look, let's consider it being like the blues. Because black people were so oppressed, the blues was ours. Now, let's put that in hip hop. Because black people are so oppressed, we are the voice of hip hop. Now, if women are truly as oppressed as they are, I'm acknowledging women are probably oppressed more than even a race. Um, if they really vocalize that, and if they really understand the philosophy of hip hop and really what that means and women really connect with that and channel that, they are the voice of hip hop. And so for me, it's like that oppression is not something that holds women back. That oppression is the the pressure that's gonna make that volcano erupt. You know what I'm saying? And so and when brother, women I are moving like that, it's over. I feel you. I can't. I can't. I can't take your. I can't take your stance, because and just this is my 
my perspective, I can't, I have never, this has never happened to me. I have never um, spit a rhyme or did something out in the world and somebody said, yo, I wanna work with you. Um, come to my studio, this has happened over and over again. Come to my studio, let's do some work. Um, I have never felt that, that, that their, their invitation to do work with me was of a sexual nature. I've never felt You know that. what? If I ever felt like that, and if I was in a scenario where that was a constant thing with me, you know who would probably be the number one selling artist around? Because I would chest that motherfucker. Because in that whole scenario, what it is, is, is a supply and demand thing. When you are the demand, and there's one supply and the demand, all you're doing is increasing Until the demand for your supply. violent happens to you. You don't have to put yourself and then, in that scenario. Fair yeah, yeah, enough, yeah. but... But again, with this rap shit, again, with, if it's a male rapper, how many rappers, how many male rappers get killed this month? You know what I'm saying? So I get these hypothetical scenarios of, yes, a violent thing can happen to a woman in hip hop. But yes, men are still da 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 da. So all I'm saying is not saying it's an equal trade or nothing. But all I'm saying is where there's risk, there is reward. And so when you learn to kind of balance and mitigate that, there's this there's this area where some people can win. Everybody's not built to handle that, but some people can take that little bit of stuff and have a couple guys on their line, and now you got a graphic designer, a videographer, you got a whole street team. That's how these pretty women blow up real quick because they're able to manipulate. You don't gotta have sex with nobody. Well, now that, well, now you, I want, I want to, I want to make space for uh, for Mana. I think she wanted to. Do. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of assumptions, and <clears throat> we can assume. We don't know. You don't. We don't know what's happening behind closed doors in any situation. Um, but of course, life is not fair. I don't think any anyone living. Maybe some people think life is fair if you're, you know, whatever. <laughs> if you're super privileged. Um, but I don't think. I don't think life is fair. I think you know, uh, there's kids in that are starving at, or or living uh, war-ridden cities and. I don't think that's fair. Like, I got to not live in a, be born into a life where I don't have to deal with war. Who's who's to say what's fair? But I mean, I do understand, of course, it's like uh, survival of the fittest. You know, if you want to talk about Darwin, like, of course, you know, like, I and when people ask me as a woman, like, do you feel like you're disadvantaged? And a lot of times the answer is no, because I, I do have a... People have told me I'm aggressive, <laughs> and and it's funny because I mean I don't know if they would say the same thing about a man if, if they were out there and and fighting for their dreams would they call them aggressive or do they call me aggressive because I'm not willing to back down for what I want. Um, but you know these are all I think well there's a lot of valid points that were said definitely. I have a I have a whole thing where I'm like, yes, like women, we should work together. We should be doing these things because we do need to create our own op- opportunities and it's going to happen. And maybe it won't happen in, for me, but I, I will definitely sure as hell work extremely hard so that the next generation of women have an easier time. And, you know, putting the my money where my mouth is of investing in a in a young female rapper trying to come up and who doesn't know what to do or doesn't have the the means to create her own albums or put a marketing team together or whatever you know Mm -hmm. i I do think the a lot of the responsibility does fall on us and understanding that you have power in this situation is really important because you're you know we are our 
writers of our own destiny. So right. if, if you really want something, like, do keep going for it. If someone is being sexual with you, call them out. You know, like, you know, there are so many ways of combating these things. But I also see the other side because, you know, domestic, or not, I'm sorry, uh, sexual abuse is a real thing. Um, I what is it some ridiculous number like 80% of women <laughs> have been sexually abused by the time they're 30 like it, you know 80% that means 8 out of the 10 women you know <laughs> are guaranteed to have had to deal with that and that causes PTSD and all types of other things and they may not even want to um, work with people one of the did I did and have done before is take a man with me. I usually don't go alone <laughs> because, yeah. you know, just to yeah. nip things out of, you know, get it out of the way. It's like, it's not going to happen, but it kind of sucks that I have to think that way, you know, but it's like, like, you know, uh, I don't know. There, of course you can fight through it. You can like someone like Snow the product. She is amazing, talented. It has so many, uh, fans and like millions of views and has is doing it independently even um mm -hmm. of course these things are possible but it's like how do you make it so that people are encouraged to do it i do think that hip-hop is a great reflection of our society yeah. so like uh, vc was saying like why do we expect hip-hop to be different than the rest of society when when it comes to biz and business when you go to the forbes list it's like 5% of women who are, no, I'm sorry, I think it's like 3% of women who are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, only 3%. So why do we expect hip hop to be so different than the rest of society? Um, but, you know, and these are things that we have to continue to work on, talk about, and make sure we continue to work with each other and support one another so that we can see the change that we want. Thank you, Mana, for sh for sharing that. I wanted to bring this next comment on screen and then let's read and, and think about um, Trini James said, I think that men need to help bring more women to the forefront. Put them on the platforms, the albums, support and amplify their albums. Sadly, we need the validation of men because this is a patriarchal society. This isn't just in hip hop. This is across all industries. And that really goes against, I think, Tyrone and, and Vicey. So I want to hear your comments. But let's look at this next one for Panama Jack. When we need to look at the end game. What do we consider success? If success is defined by what's saleable, then capitalism is going to dictate what's successful, and unfortunately, sex sells to the masses. If success is defined by artistic integrity, then the answer is the answer to bringing more women into the culture is reestablishing the bars for greatness. Inclusion will naturally follow. I truly believe that. So we could, I mean, sort of, I, we, we, I feel like without going in a circle around uh, some of the comments around like men now having to sh shoulder this responsibility that I think you both have pushed back on a little bit, but then uh, the commenter sort of asking that question around that or sort of posing that as a statement. Did you, either of the two of you have a chime in on, on that particular comment? I agree wholeheartedly. I don't have any. I don't, <laughs> I don't have any pushback <laughs> on that at all. But I will say, like, and you know, we try to solve the world's problems in an hour, hour and a half panel. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, it depends on. I think a lot of times we focus on the person in front of the camera. And I'll just say, from my experience, um, women have been involved in hip hop for me on the back end because that's where they wanted to be. 
uh, women are some of the most tenacious negotiators. I've, I've had experience with women being some of the most tenacious negotiators of all time. Like, I, I, would, I would say that as long as um, um, there's that, that men or whoever create space for women to occupy other things than in front of the mic or whatever, um, that's also being a part of the culture as well. Um, so this is such a complex issue. Like, are we talking? Are we strictly talking about women who are in front, who are the artists, or women who uh, who, prov- who provide the support and ecosystem for other artists to go? Because in my experience, women have um, been some of the greatest supporters, and I don't mean that in a in a backhanded way. I mean, like negotiating contracts, uh, looking over stuff and, and, and just like, oh, no, nah, you don't want them to do that. You want, no, nah, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? No, nah, we're not doing any of that. Like, so that's the way women have been to me in my uh, in my career. And so I think we need to open up the space as well because some women don't want to be in front of the camera, but want to be uh, a part of uh, the culture and the industry and all that kind of stuff. And if we go back in history, you know, it was, you know, a woman who, you know, put the first and i believe women are the most uh they spend the most money on hip-hop as well so if women spend the most money on hip-hop right how could anyone ever say that women rappers shouldn't be bigger than male male rappers so for me it's the whole thing like i i I feel like whenever i talk about this i'm i'm kind of viewed as chauvinistic because when you're not really hearing what I'm saying it sounds like I'm being chauvinistic but when you really hear what the fuck I'm saying I'm actually empowering women um but like you know I've managed over a dozen different women my manager now is a woman you know what I'm saying um and what I did see from managing women versus managing men is women give themselves a ceiling um, and I'm, I can't say that's for everyone, but most women that I've worked with, they give themselves a ceiling. For everybody has a ceiling, but for me, I found that it's easier to kind of break away that male ceiling and let that ego kind of soar. Whereas the, the woman, it becomes a fight with themselves. <laughs> um, and so uh, all that to say is, do men, should men usher in women? Um, I was telling you about the the Black Madonna's showcase I had. And I remember one of the last ones I threw, uh, this chick came to me and she was just like, you know, I appreciate you uh, putting me on these shows, but can you in the future don't put me on a show with all these bitches? And it was just like, it was like this self-hating kind of thing. And like, yo, why you got me on this show with all these women? Like now I'm, I'm, I'm lesser because I'm around all of these women. It's not a real show, it's a women's show. And it's like, but the crowd though the crowd to those shows the crowd to came to those all women rap shows was they were more excited than the people coming to an all male rap show and so when I threw an all women show the performers were really unhappy they were really hard to work with the crowd was really really happy for it so the money is there the, the demand for it was there but when it came to the supply the actual artists who were supplying it they did not deliver and not only did they not deliver they weren't trying to deliver at 5,000% like the artists like when I when, when I when I met like uh, Logic or Fat Trail or certain artists when they like before they're known you already saw in their head they were already gone 
like Fat Trail told, he was like, yeah, I'm the best rapper in D.C. He said that to me at a point where I, I laughed initially when he said that. Then a year later, I'm like, okay, I see what you said. Now, you got to have that cockiness. And so should men be ushering it in for women? Yes. Anything that I know, I'm going to share with the woman. But at the end of the day, I learned that I can make showcases for women all day. But because I'm not a woman, it's still it's a disconnect there. And so I try to even help other women build, put it be in positions where they can lead those showcases because it's going to take women to usher in women. It's not going to take men to usher in women. And so the problem with, with women in hip hop is women in hip hop are either trying to play a man's game or they're waiting for men to save them. And the only solution for women in hip hop is to go harder than men and to not, and just ignore men in hip hop. Women have to take over hip hop. They shouldn't be trying to share hip hop with men. They should try to come and really just snatch the ball and say, this is our hip hop. We spend more money on hip hop than anybody else. So this is our hip hop. Why, why are we considered the minority in hip hop if we're spending all the money? And so when women, take it and shift it. That's what I always try to teach when I'm working with a, 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 a woman as an artist that I'm managing. I try to show her that, no, you are God. This is your space. Don't come in here feeling like a lesser because if you feel like a lesser, you're going to maneuver like a lesser. If you actually do the math, you actually see you have an advantage over every man in the game and you can make more money than any male rapper off rate, especially if you white. <laughs> Especially if you are not black woman. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get that with give me a give me a Jewish white girl. Let me let me right. show you how to run them numbers up. But anyways. No, Tyrone, you are, I, I'm glad that you are sharing openly about, I mean, this the, the whole point of this is right, conversation and, and some of these comments, while they may seem disruptive or, or from, like you said, from a place of chauvinism, I think it's important to surface what, I mean, all the different types of voices and opinions out there. I know there was a question for Vice C um, about who was the woman that put the first hip hop group and who was the group? Uh, I was referring to Sylvia Robinson. That may be a controversial opinion, but <laughs> I was referring to Sylvia Robinson. So, um, and Sugar Hill Gang. So, I know that's a, that's a controversial opinion, but you know, what I mean, that's it is what it is. I mean, we could talk about that off screen. If you don't believe Sugar Hill Gang is the first or whatever, I know I, I understand all of the context around that, but that's who I was referring to. So, so, so you basically say uh, Sylvia Robinson is like the Eve to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about this. Uh, she's the first that did them dirty, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I had to mute my mic to laugh for a second there. Yes, I think uh, some funny, funny um, comment. But uh, listen, it's definitely there. I want to. I mean, we're we're getting into some saucy places around. We keep sort of and, and Tyrone. Thank you for surfacing this around, like women being more uh, owning, taking ownership and control and reversing sort of those sort of psychological, political components and being able to say, you know, be resistant and resilient in this space. And I always feel like there's some issues around, right, the sort of psychology of oppression and, you know, control and violence, as Mona talked about, trauma that comes from that, all the negative outcomes that make it hard oftentimes from that not everybody's built in that way that they are resilient and that they um, can overcome sort of the masters of oppression. So in, in systemic processes and structures are often harder to accomplish when you're when you're a small number. 
Um, and there isn't always sort of a major one, but I just saw somebody put another comment. So I want to put that words beats in life. And the first party was thrown by DJ cool Herc's sister. So <laughs> some trip, some more trivia, but I want to, I would love to continue on this conversation and ask another question. I think that might be, um, might be interesting around. So does anyone have a theory on what would be the first step? To sort of and, and Tyrone, you've surfaced a lot of these sort of suggestions about in a very disruptive way around how to do this. Um, but has what kind of solutions or thoughts do you have around how we might make these systems and, and structures and challenge the hierarchies that exist in rap music to make it more equitable? And that anyone can answer that. I got solutions for days for everything, I think. So, <laughs> but uh, so just uh, so to, to let me uh, compartmentalize what you said. You said, uh, how do we financially say, so ask the question one more time? Yes, hold on one second. I will read the full. So, does in, anyone have a theory on what would be the first step to balancing the energy scales? So that I relate to, to whether that's um, men and women in hip hop, um, but also what type of solutions around challenging the hierarchies that exist in music and in society. I mean, if you think about that, we're a microcosm of a larger culture. Well, I would say, uh, touch back on what Z said earlier, of saying like looking at the larger scale, right? And so if we're trying to change uh, the roles of what there is in, in the future, right? Let's say if I wanted to uh, make hip hop more positive, because hip hop was specifically, you know, kind of the gangster rap thing was kind of pushed with NWA, da 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 da. But all I'm saying is, it's it's that's also because it's easy to violence sales, that sex money violence. It's certain things that that are exciting. Like if I'm watching a movie, I'm watching an action movie. I'm not watching people read a book in the movie. And so it's 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 all this so it's certain things that trigger people as exciting. And then there's also but there's also certain archetypes that the industry has created and says these are the paths to success. And so we have a it's not saying that people don't like gangster rap music, but we have way more gangster rap out there because there's a path that shows that this can lead towards success. And so what we have to do um, is one is that's why me, I've always loved the record industry dying. Um, the Internet allows us to kind of carve our own paths. And so we're not relying on people to have the past. Like the whole thing is like right now, walking those paths of that had to exist for a record label is stupid. Now, you don't have to walk those paths anymore. And so. One, understanding that and freeing your mind from that. And then as we start creating and carving new paths, it makes new lanes for freedom. And so uh, the, the way to fix that, yes, you introduce uh, this to younger audiences with more of a freedom of these aren't the only paths. And the only way they can see that freedom is to see that other paths can lead to either financial success or different types of success. Um, and so for me, like, you know, I, I don't really, like the, the things that most people rap about, I don't really rap about those things for the most part. And, but I also don't see myself on a path specifically for that success. But at the same time, when you look at a, a world where it's like NFTs, cryptocurrency, social media, crowdfunding, 
I can take whatever I want to be true to myself and keep my, all of my integrity, but build it in a way where I can monetize it. And so when people start seeing artists actually be independent artists and actually doing what they want to do and being successful, then it'll make more passion. So really what it requires is one, more women to really come out, take music seriously, but not just doing those same old sexual archetype pathways and carve new things. Um, be creative, be innovative, and that will that will every every time somebody comes out and does something new and something different, it clears the way for other people to kind of just follow behind. And so yeah, we've had a lot of guys come out and do like the the Aesop Rocks or the MC Paul Barmers or the Micah Nines. We need women to be the Saw Rocks and the you snow the you know snow the products and to carve those paths. And the more paths we have that are completely further away from what we're used to, the wider our language and vocabulary and spectrum will be for the future. Dicey uh, and, and Mana, I, and Mana, you, you are unmuted, so please chime in. <laughs> um, well, when you said the theory, uh, and, and of course, definitely what you want out of it, the your hip hop career, it makes a huge difference on which pathway you're going to go. But if you want to be a touring artist that, uh, you know, you don't you don't need to be at the level as car if you don't want to be at the level of cardi b but you want to be able to survive i mean i think the number one thing is capital money um there are so many art female artists that i'm sure even mental stamina he put me on to artists like etern or you know there's just so many dope female rappers out there prowess i mean you yourself have been in the game for i'm sure probably I think over a decade, you know, um, and myself, like there are so many female rappers who are committed, who are showing up and who have constantly, you know, they've been in the game, man. But having that capital and that financial security to be able to pursue your dream full time is, is something that nothing else can replace. Because if you have to work full time to do other things to make your you know ends meet and you got to make sure you got rent and you eat and stuff like that, it, it's tough. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing will be capital and making capital available to women who already are taking it seriously and have proven that year after year after year and uh yeah i think that that is number one thing if you know a female artist and i will say like a shout out to crowdfunding because i had a show in houston a couple years back and i was like you know i can't i can't go paying out of my own pocket so i asked my fans, I was like, look, I needed like 500 bucks for, you know, a flight and some maybe some food or something. And I asked folks for that money and they they totally gave it to me. <laughs> so, you know, there are many ways of getting that, getting your resources out there and learning, you know, how to collect that the finances that you need. But it is the number one determinant on whether you can even be able to continue creating because if you have to work full time, it's going to be really tough to, you know, stay creative and have that energy <laughs> to stay creative, have the energy to go to shows and continue doing what you do. But I do believe, I mean, there are so many female rappers who are 
prove have proven that they this is what they do this is their love and they're going to continue doing it whether or not they make money from it and i mean there is one thing of making money and there's the other of can it sustain you because <laughs> you can make a hundred dollars here a hundred dollars there but that's not going to pay your rent that's not going to be enough for you to actually survive so um i definitely believe that some kind of capital you know maybe uh there can be, I don't know if a loan is a, a good way to look at it. I don't know if, uh, you know, and I'm not sure if that's something that I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation because I would like to think about this some more for myself <laughs> and how I can gain more capital so that I could pursue it, you know, full time. And um, but yeah, I do believe there is a lot of women who are doing this just you know, in every city, like Kenilworth Katrina, someone out here, Jay Mills, like there's so many dope rappers right here in the DMV that mm -hmm. have been doing it since I've, I've been rapping and I've, I got into the game kind of late. I got into it when I was 23, when I just started. And I know there are women who, you know, started from way younger um, and are still doing it. So paying attention to them and seeing the, the people who are constantly out there and have not given up and won't give up and putting money behind them shout out to grind too. grind is from out here who she's excellent um uptown shane there's so many dope rappers right here in the dmv that you can support that have been continuously doing this for like a decade over a decade Monica, but and Vicey, before you respond, I just wanted to share a stat because Mona has been talking about, I mean, considering that there's a financial sort of tech background in this chat that there are recently Goldman Sachs sort of decided that they were going to, it's a financial giant, um, invest $10 billion in um, to narrow opportunity gaps, continue to the, contribute to the advancement of racial equity. But one of the things that they're putting that money into is black women, women of color, not just black women, but women of color in terms of their, you know, learn, earn less men of money than men in the workforce. And also, as Mana is saying, get less access to capital. But it's really sobering that I just saw a stat that 2.2% is the share that women have um, of the $130 billion given out in venture capital. And that was a, a $1 billion improvement over the prior year of 2019. So just thinking about the fact that those are VC dollars, but obviously that is how most b businesses are founded um, in, in the early startup and businesses being get to, able to access capital. So those businesses that are women owned or women led already are at a disadvantage. So just adding that stat there. And then Vicey, please um, comment on this. All right. So once again, a complex question. I'm gonna try to take a slice out of it and uh, do the best I can. Um, I think the fundamental question for any artist or any gender um, is, do you want somebody to be the patron of your art or do you want to be the patron of your own art? And so um, that's a big decision because if you want somebody else to be the patron of your art, um, then you're gonna have to do the songs and dances that they like to see done unless you find that space and where they're comfortable giving you uh, that patronage and let, allowing you the creative control to do what you want to do. Um, I think people need to, and I think, um, I think, I think Mental was talking about this and, and Mana, I think people need to be in a position to be the patrons of their own art. Um, so then you keep uh, total control over everything you want to do. And that 
you know, that's a difficult, it's hard to do. Um, and, and there are many ways to be the patron of your own art. You can be a software engineer. And because I'm a teacher, I know software engineers, they get, they get paid a couple of dollars. And you can take your couple of dollars and put it in your art. And now you can do whatever the hell you want to do with your art and, 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 go, and go forth and prosper. Um, so that's one half of it. But you're like, what do we need? And I'm going to be a teacher right here. Um, I think we just need kindness. Um, I think we need, my theory would be we need kindness. Um, in these spaces in which we know there are marginalized groups, um, I just think we need to be kind to each other. I think we're seeing, you know, with the recent um, slaying in Georgia, um, with the with the all the stuff that's coming to bubble up in our society right now, I think every individual person in every individual space just needs to practice kindness. And when you practice kindness and, and, and sort of using that concept of paying it forward, it comes back to you. Um, I've been a benefactor of the kindness that I paid somebody and and I have been given kindness because somebody else was given kindness. So I think if we can just start there, then we'll see some of these uh, inequities inside of, inside of the broader culture and specifically inside of hip hop culture uh, sort of dissipate. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, that that's beautiful. I love the sentiment of that. It is it is certainly aspirational. But if we that is a golden rule, as they say, <laughs> what you give out comes back to you. That's certainly a place to start, um, especially in the world that we are in today. And I, I wonder, just kind of thinking about that a little bit in terms of where we are in the midst of this sort of global pandemic. How do you think that has shifted? Because they're certainly exposed that there are more vulnerabilities that, that oppressed people. And Tyrone, you talked about a little bit about, well, if women are oppressed, sort of being able to take ownership of that power and be able to deliver it. And that's sort of what seems to be deconstructing a lot of these systems right now, right? Like you think about crypto and, and blockchain and how that has sort of revolutionized uh, finance and financial tech and the banking industry because people just de demanded that something was, that this was what we were going to do, right? We were going to continue um, that, that crypto coin was going to continue to expand. So is there any suggestions in thinking about like what women can do or even or other people during this time in the middle of a global pandemic that might accelerate? Or do you think that might have pushed us back? Um, you know, the fact that there is, we're kind of all stuck in one place. Um, can you hear me? Am I muted? You're unmuted. I'm unmuted. Okay, good. Um, sorry, my computer's a little frozen. Um, so, uh, what my homeboy, uh, Kamon, I was watching uh, one of his live streams, and he said something um, uh, saying that this is the revolution right now. It's like everybody else is waiting, you know, for this pandemic to be over. This is the revolution. Are you going to wait through the revolution? So, no. Uh, and then when I was at the pandemic and stuff, like, I honestly, I always joke and say, like, uh, like I created the pandemic because uh, everything that I talk about and that I have been talking about for about the last 10, 20 years, and people are like, Ty, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Maybe, da-da-da-da-da. 
all of these things where in my head it was like this hypothetical scenarios where I knew what I was talking about made the most sense. Now the whole world has been forced into this Tyrone simulation where y'all got to play my game. And so it's like everybody wearing masks and sitting at home on the internet now. And I'm just like, welcome to my world. Like, and so it's like, this is like the best time for me. Like I'm loving Corona. So it's like, if people are waiting through this, I'm going to, I'm going to exit out of Corona a millionaire. So I, I'm going to get, I'm going to make seven figures before I get the vaccine. Probably. I don't know, but this is not the hiatus. This is not anybody's slumber period. If anything, this is a, incubation period so this is the incubation period for the monsters for the giants for the people who have been waiting for this time to feed us so whoever you are whether it's women if, if women want to if, if women if, if if you look at you know people like megan the stallion cardi b this is really one of the times where women have caused the most disruption in hip-hop if you look at this corona period like a lot of things, this is the disruption time. So anything can happen in this in this phase. So take advantage of this. Um, and I, I, I really appreciate uh, prowess. You using the word to uh, you using the word uh, disruptive to to kind of describe me because disruptive has been that's everything in my philosophy is disruption. That's why I'm going to work so well with cryptocurrency and the blockchain because disruptive technology kind of echoes my my voice and so if we were talking about this on facebook right now you, you'd be calling me a troll because you wouldn't be able to understand the intricacies of what i'm saying because it sounds like i'm joking but i'm dead serious i'm dead serious and this stuff right now this is the time to be excited for everybody so uh if you're if if, if you're if you're sitting around waiting for something to happen you know keep waiting because it's good chances that it will happen because this is the time when something's going to happen but if you are prometheus you want to bring the fire like me if you're you're johnny apple seed out here planting these trees if you're touching everything turning to gold like king midas this is the time this is where your revolution is really going to go super say and so um yeah i'm, I'm excited I, I want to see women win like I, i've been saying women are going to come and shake up hip-hop so you know people think i'm da 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 but i know that women are going to get to the point where it's like they'll have their own hip-hop not only that watch africa you want to see you want to see disruption in hip-hop wait till africa just goes oh this is african hip-hop we don't need y'all it's, it's a powerful thing when 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 african people stop rapping like jay-z and nas and they start rapping in their own their own voice so it's going to be a powerful thing when women stop portraying all of the masculinity and playing the male games of hip-hop and they really go you know what this is my hip-hop and i'm going to do it this way and when they do it like that that's really going to be the disruption because they don't need men in hip-hop they don't need men to usher them in they don't need to sell albums to men they don't need to distribute anything a woman never has to touch a man in any part of that cycle and she can become a multi multi-millionaire and never even look or talk or smell a man it's their choice to enter in and play that game the same way you know black people want to get in the game and you know shuck up to an uncle sam like i mean uncle tom like and so it's like women you either go be out there and be a revolutionary or be a fucking uncle tom that's how i look at women in hip-hop and so when they start asking for 
for a handout or anything, it's just go get it out the mud. Because when you get it out the mud, you're going, you're going to be a fucking giant. So that's all I'm about. Disrupt it all, everything. Set it on fire. We don't need none of it. Start it all over from the beginning. Yes. I, I listen, I believe I believe in, in disruption. When I was graduating Georgetown uh, this year, our uh, dean told everybody, break everything and break it as much as you can. And so, right, innovation, that's how you get innovative is by dismantling everything. Just go break. And you'll find a solution, right? So, Mana and, and says, ruin your reputation. Be Say notorious. Rumi, he says, be notorious. Ruin your reputation. And I take that to heart. I, I ruin my reputation every chance I get. I don't care how to <laughs> Yeah, so who, who, words of Rumi are, take everything that Rumi says to heart. Um, Mana and Vicey, I know we've got a few minutes. I would love to hear your comments about um, this topic. Um, I think, you know, this is an interesting time that we live in. Um, for sure, it, there's been a lot of people who have been creating a lot. Um, and if you are creating right now, this is this is the time you're stuck at home. Don't take don't take it for granted <laughs> and uh, keep creating and putting it out there. You know, uh, this pandemic has forced me to finally <laughs> figure out how to put together a, a Shopify. And I know as a programmer, I should be creating all this from scratch, but time is limited. So, you know, you use the tools that are available and learn th about things. You know, uh, I finally got some merch for the first time I got merch in a very long time. And, you know, it's up to you what you want to make of it. Cause I know a lot of people got the, me being a social butterfly and I love talking to people and, and uh, connecting with people. That's been my thing since I was a very young age. Um, it, it was really tough for me at first. It was like, oh my God, like I'm not seeing people. It was, it, it hit me hard. But then, you know, after some time went by, I was like, okay, this is forcing me to, to be at home, to be in front of my computer. We started doing our live streams um, and that's been awesome. Being able to freestyle live, we actually, uh, you know, um, interviewing artists from all over the country, all over the world. Um, so, you know, this is like you said, this is a time for innovation. This conversation has definitely given me inspiration. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm about to go disrupt the hell out of everything. You know, um, it's fueling my fire for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a time for you to, I feel like uh, what they, a lot of people said, mother nature kind of gave us a timeout and was like, go to your rooms and think about <laughs> what you've done, which, you know, it's like, yes, think about what you've done, but more what you're, you want to do. What do you want out of life? Where do you want this to go? And how do you want to approach it? Um, because technology is definitely not going anywhere. Um, I've been in conversations where technology or programming is compared to literacy. There was a time where, you know, people, a lot of people weren't literate. Um, programming is kind of the same like you should know and again we talked about this a little bit earlier there's so many different things within um development that you don't have to learn all the things but just knowing a, a little bit here and there will exponentially uh give you a you know a lot of a, an advantage in this industry in this time um so i think you know it's it's up to the individual and i hope people are working on themselves and keeping that good energy, being kind because it's rough, you know, like there is so much 
The internet is a beautiful thing. It's one thing uh, I think mental stamina said before, it's like a hammer, you know, like you can use it to put together a house or you can use it to kill someone. <laughs> so it's up to you how you use that tool and you can absolutely use it to your benefit. And as a female rapper, you know, there's so many uh, online resources like SoundCloud or YouTube or Facebook or whatever. There's so many at this point. Clubhouse, like, I mean, <laughs> the, the list goes on and on. So using those tools to benefit your music, to put yourself out there, to, to socialize, you know, um, you can do so many things. It's just really about uh, disrupting and not being afraid or not letting your fears get the best of you because I mean, it happens to me and I feel like it happens to most people. Our fears can get the best of us and not allowing that. But, you know, this is a time you're forced to be in the house. So why not create? I feel like so many dope albums have dropped this year. And I am thankful <laughs> for the pandemic for allowing these things to happen. I mean, uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack making a group together. I was like, oh, my God, the universe is blessing us all. <laughs> As Rock dropped her album, you know, like, you know, there's just so many dope things that are coming out. So following suit, like just be creative, you know, use your time wisely because you're not going to get it back. And uh, yeah, it can be you can it's life is like what you make it right. It's like if you want to go for it and go for your dreams, you can. If you want to just sit home and binge watch Netflix, you can do that, too. <laughs> and that's my Which I've done too. <laughs> That's my jumping off point, uh, Mana. Um, I think I'm gonna take a slightly contrarian view because uh, in this particular time, I just think people need to take care of themselves, self-care. And if that self-care means that you're not creating right now, you go right ahead and you don't create. Um, um, and I also wanna, you know, I've heard a lot about disrupting and disruption and, and I think disruption is good, especially when um, the capitalist tentacles have their, you know, hands up a lot of hands in a lot of things. But I will offer this caution that if you disrupt everything, everything will be disrupted. Um, and so I think I don't think we put those types of things into context. Um, so um, it depends on what you mean by when you say disrupt everything because a lot of what we're saying people can use um, to put themselves out there are created by these same systems which oppress people. So that's why it's a complex, com it's a complex conversation. So, you know, the, mo the, the greatest distributor on the planet right now is Amazon. They also, you know, oppress their workers. So, I mean, are we disrupt? I mean, do you disrupt want to it? Do you want yes, to disrupt Amazon? Simple, simple solution, disrupt it. Yes, simple solution, disrupt it all. I and mean, the thing is, you I, set everything on fire. The things that are fire resilient survive. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But in just in the historical framework, that means we're going to lose. Anyway, we, we, you and I will talk about that on, 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 off camera. Um, it's worth losing it. Um, uh, so my, my thing right now, if you want to create, if you're in that space, in your head space, you want to create, um, you go right ahead. And this is the time, as Mental said, and, and Mana, uh, this is the time to sort of put your chess moves, put your chess pieces in, in play and do your thing. But don't feel bad if, or don't feel any type way if this, this is a time where you just need to binge watch Netflix, make sure your family and kids are good, make sure your grandma and grandpa is great. 
um, making sure if you're into the vaccine, you get in the vaccine, making sure your family is good. Um, and then come back to it when you have the headspace to come back to it. Um, because especially if you're using, if you're using your art for uh, commerce, if you're using your art for therapy, then you know you, you, you do your therapy how you, how you see fit. So that's why I'm at self-care, number one, and everything else will fall into place. That's a that's a beautiful. I feel like that is a great end note and cap note for for today. Thank you all so much for bringing your ideas. Thank you for being open and candid and unabashed, really, with your with your commentary. Thank you so much for sharing your mind share. And if you want to get more of this programming, you've got to follow Words, Beats, and Life on TikTok and IG, and visit uh, the WBL website. Words, Beats, and Life website is www wblinc.org it's on the screen scrolling subscribe to the newsletter stay abreast of the upcoming events you don't want to miss a beat so thank you all so much for joining us and we'll have more notes and comments from our panelists you'll be able to find them um, in comments and on the page so thank you so much this podcast was produced by executive director Mazi Mutafa post-production by Rhythm Lingo Music. Past episodes can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Mixcloud. Words, Beats, and Life podcasts are produced through funding from partner grants and in-kind donations from people like you. Visit wblinc.org donate to make a contribution. <laughs>